Good morning, everyone. Uh, we just have one reading today. Um, so I'm just going to introduce this um, from Psalm 122. But before I read, um, God of wisdom, grant, we pray, that the words we hear today may be grafted in our hearts so that they may bring forth in us the fruit of good works to the honour and praise of your name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So I'm going to read um, Psalm 122. Uh, verses 1 through to 7. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem, built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be with you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. Hear the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, my name. Good morning. <laughs> my name's Joshua. Uh, it's my joy to preach. I'm a member of staff here at St. Tom's. Um, just a quick announcement before we begin. If you're in high school, uh, one of the practices that we're going to start doing during term time, joining with the youth from our Mandarin congregation, is we'll be uh, heading out after the sermon for a very quick debrief, which includes snacks. Uh, you can find one of these pieces of paper if you like to help you. Uh, listen to a sermon. They're on the desk at the back there with some pens. And they just ask three questions, which maybe adults would like to keep track of. What did you hear? Like, what did the sermon say? What do you wonder? So is there anything you didn't understand or now you have a question? And what might you do next? So after the sermon, we're going to go out and have a brief chat about those. So keep that in mind. Psalm 122. In the Bible... There is a songbook, the book of Psalms. It is a book of praises filled with joys and filled with wisdom and hurts and sorrows. In the Psalms, there is another songbook. It is the Psalms of Ascent, Psalm 120 through to 134. And this songbook is just for one occasion but it has many emotions and experiences. The occasion is the journey to Jerusalem to celebrate either Passover or Pentecost or Tabernacles. Right? These were the three great feasts, so compare for us Easter and Christmas. On the way from home to the capital city, Jerusalem, there would be this gentle uphill journey. Jerusalem at the highest point of elevation in the land. And they would walk celebrating, remembering, and sharing. So imagine a, a big family group with the, the patriarch and matriarchs of the family clan, with their sons and wives and their children and their household and their field workers, all going up to celebrate a great feast together. So this, this was a holiday. And along the way, songs would be spontaneously sung. Well, what is this song about? 
it sounds like an arrival song. So verse 1 and 2, I was glad when they said to me, oh, there we go, thank you very much. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing in your gates, O Jerusalem. And then this middle section is a very careful look around and rejoices in what there is to see in this, the most holy and precious of places. So, Jerusalem. Oh, too far. There we go. Oh, can we get rid of that picture? I've I've ruined it. I'm sorry. There we go. Anyway, Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together. Now, here, you can kind of get an idea of what is really being said here, because this is not really about architecture. It's about everything having a place. It's about order. It's about harmony. So in an Edward Hopper painting, for example, the proportions give you a message of loneliness. They're so close, but they're so far away. And then we need to get rid of that, because I want to make exactly the opposite point, which is when he sees the proportions of Jerusalem, everything is perfectly in order. The proportions give the psalmist a message, an understanding. Oh, this is the way the world is supposed to work and be organized. Thanks, Brenton. You can get rid of that one. So the psalmist, they arrive, or the people who would sing this psalm, arrive and they take a look around and they see this beautiful city where everything is in perfect harmony. To it, the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord. So this is a special place because it's the meeting point of all of God's people together from across the promised land. This is the place where Dan meets Asher and Simeon in Judah. It's what we would call federal. It's a, it's a place where what everyone holds in the is is making us truly one in one place. The Old Testament is, is a long story and it really tells how fragile the relationships between these groups could be. But here in Jerusalem is where it all works, where it's, it's all meant, it, it all is exactly as it's meant to be. Everything works together in harmony. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. So this is also the place where God's commands are being fulfilled, where Torah is gladly fulfilled, where the celebration of God's great works and his saving power, of his provision and protection, they turn into the praise of God's people, obedience and praise. That's the world working, all things as they should be, humanity and God in perfect harmony. For there the thrones of judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. When Israel had disputes, like the farm next door and our family in a feud, then local leaders were meant to help settle those disputes and bring resolution. But when that couldn't happen, it was bumped up, like if something went to the high court, for example. So the happy trip to Jerusalem for Passover or Pentecost or Tabernacles was also happily the resolution of long-standing and difficult problems. Then people could find peace with each other. Then the world could get on, all things as they were meant to be. Harmony between persons. And it was also the place where the promise to David that there would always be a ruler on the throne was made and would be fulfilled. 
And so the rest of the psalm, verses 6 to 9, turn this happy confidence and observation into a prayer. And it comes with what prayer needs, which is a readiness to be the one to be part of the answered prayer. Verse 9, for the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek the Lord. So Psalm 122 is very simple. Jerusalem is where the world works. The psalm says, it's so good to be in Jerusalem where the world works. May it always be so. But how on earth would this song be important to us? Because it's not really a song that we can sing. We don't know the words off by heart. I don't know if you do, perhaps you do. We don't celebrate Jewish festivals. We aren't commanded to journey to Jerusalem. That's not part of the Christian faith. The the city of Jerusalem today is certainly not a place where everything works. Uh, We don't really do singing together or journeys. And it's also before Jesus. So this whole practice and spirituality and world are just really, really different now. It doesn't seem like a song that we can sing or that we need to sing. Amongst world religions, Christianity is kind of interesting in that it left the place of its origin and the language of its origin behind almost immediately. Why would this, a song about this city be important to us now? It doesn't seem like a song we need to sing or that we can sing. But that's also how it was for Jesus. Jesus was an obedient Jewish man throughout his life. And like Karen said, he would have sung this Psalm 122. But on his last journey to Jerusalem for Passover, did Jesus sing this song? Well, if he did, it would have sat very bitterly with this As he came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognised on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you, hem you in on every side, they will crush you to the ground, they will leave you and your children with you, they will not leave one stone upon another, because you did not recognise the time of your visitation from God. So that's anti-Psalm 122. It's its opposite. Because when Jesus came to Jerusalem, there was no peace, and it itself did the evil that is at the heart of the problem in our world. But the stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. So that's from Psalm 118. Jesus says that he is that stone that is rejected by the people of God by which God will build his house and city. In Psalm 122, the people observe in happiness how well built, how peacefully ordered is the city of God. But when it was not, and it did the worst it could against the best that God could give, God did not give up on a holy city. He builds a new one. 
And that is where this psalm begins to be meaningful to us. We don't go up to Jerusalem three times a year or ever, but we do still have this songbook. And so we might sing this psalm on a slightly different journey. This is a journey to a new creation, the new Jerusalem, the holy city, the new creation that Jesus makes when he comes to judge and heal the world. This is from near the end of the Bible. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them, they will be his people, and God himself will be with them. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more, mourning and crying and pain will be no more, for the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things Through Jesus, there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Through Jesus, we will get to be there when he brings it because he will make us worthy of being there. So Jesus turns this into a song that we will be able to sing. Our feet are standing in your gates. And when we get there, We will at last sing a song that we have never sung before, but it will be the substance of all the songs we've been singing along the way. So it still matters that we're going somewhere. And it matters that we're going together. So we should think of our Christian lives as a pilgrimage in which the destination is the big thing. Whoops, too far. Oh, I've stuffed it again. Just ignore that. It does still matter that we're going somewhere. It matters that we're going together. And we should think of our Christian lives as a pilgrimage in which the destination is the big thing. But journeying is a metaphor now. A metaphor for the daily steps of listening to God and his word, praying, thanksgiving prayers, confessing and repenting of our sins, being kind with the wisdom of Jesus. All those things are steps on this day-by-day journeying towards our true new home. But one thing isn't a metaphor. And the thing that isn't a metaphor is going together. The together part is not a metaphor. The pilgrimage, the journeying, is the metaphor. And it would be a shame if we confused those things. Because being a Christian, it, it doesn't... It doesn't dismiss this idea of a family going up together. It intensifies that. Then the people who went up were really family, like kindred. But through Jesus, we are made into a a true family. Family almost becomes the metaphor for what it's really about, which is being the people of God. Christianity was the first religion 
to make people of different ethnic groups and economic brackets closely and powerfully united to each other. And that is part of the core message, that because everyone is a sinner, God will help everyone and everyone can get God's help of grace, mercy, help. The together part is not a metaphor, it is core Christian practice. So we journey the metaphor by being together, the practice. And we can make it on this long road only by regularly coming together, together for singing, together for pancakes, together for reading the Bible and reflecting on its meaning, together for praying and crying and commiserating, together for rejoicing and celebrating and eating, together for embarrassingly simple lunches, together for proudly sharing our interests and loves, together for singing the songs that we will sing when we arrive. Most of all, for together for worshipping God Sunday by Sunday in the agreed meeting point for praise. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel to give thanks to the name of the Lord. The point of this psalm is that there is a place where the world works, where we taste what we're made for and where we receive what God has to give us, where he rules and all people follow his voice and everything's ordered and proportioned rightly. And church is not that place. Our new city, the new Jerusalem, is that place. But church is our family gathering, our discipline of being together on the way there. So we do need that gathering, that family, that discipline, because church is just not it. And I know because I'm here. Imagine if the reason to come to church, or not, was set by me. Gross. But there's only one real reason to come to church. There's only one. And the real reason to come to church is God. It's because Jesus said that we would meet with him here. Can you believe it? Here. Burwood. St. Thomas's, an Anglican church. <laughs> Very strange. But if that's what Jesus said, then I'll be there. Because my heart longs for a home I have never found in this dying world. So please endure the church. And if the psalm that says, there is a place where the world works, also finishes with a prayer for that city, then maybe we can pray that we would be more and more the place where the world works. This week, please pray for our church family every day. Just try it. See how your imagination changes. If you've never prayed, try it. Or if you just won't, then at least think about what you are doing with the journey of your life. What is pulling you toward what end? Articulate that to yourself and see if you're happy with it. Let me finish with the first verse, verses of Psalm 122 and then these words about Jesus from the letter to the Hebrews. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. 
Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. From Hebrews. Therefore, Jesus also suffered outside the city gate in order to sanctify the people by his own blood. Let us then go to him outside the camp and bear the abuse he endured. For here we have no lasting city, but we are looking for the city that is to come. Through him then, let us continually offer a sacrifice of praise to God, that is, the fruit of lips that confess his name. Amen.